Welcome to the Data Rockstars Coffee Podcast with me, Regina Johnny. And today I'm joined by Mike Foster from the Entrepreneur's Mentor. Welcome, Mike. Hi, Regina. Thanks for having me. No worries. As you know, we love talking about data and data protection. And this week we've invited Mike along to talk about a bit of networking and how that links into data and its use. So, Mike, would you like to introduce yourself and uh, your business? Yeah, thanks, Regina. Yeah, I'm the Entrepreneur's Mentor. I mentor other business owners to start, develop, scale and grow their own business. It's something I've been doing now for about nine years after running my own companies and um, selling a couple. I'm also the founder of a networking organisation called the Oxford Business Community Network, which I've now ran for 13 years and I now co-run that with a, a guy called Ben Thompson. Excellent. And we are very proud members of the Oxford Business Community Network. We enjoy uh, coming to the meetings and uh, getting to meet other local business owners across Oxfordshire. You certainly are. Grateful for your support. And as part of that, we thought networking is obviously something that is popular for business owners and amongst organisations looking to grow, scale their businesses, meet new connections. And certainly at the point that GDPR was introduced, there was a lot of nervousness amongst people both running networking sessions and going to networking sessions about, oh, how we'll be able to use data, it's personal information. And so we thought, what better way to get a bit of insight into some of those issues now a few years down the line to see how it's all panned out and then bringing you along. So from your perspective Mike and sort of the perception from participants in the networking versus sort of what you as a coordinator want to do with data do you see much difference between the two or is it fairly well aligned yeah I think there's greater awareness now than there was you know a couple of years ago about data protection data privacy securing that data and the protection of members data I still think there's the sales people that are coming to networking events and they just want data 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 give me all the data mm-hmm. and there's those that obviously respect that I think the biggest thing that we tend to find in terms of requests that gives us a conflict is the event list you know people want right. to know who the attendees are can we give me their details name email address business name etc and that conflicts with you know us in terms of what we perceive as the value and i guess you know from my perspective is to you know get out there and get networking if you want to know who's in the room go go and get networking and get get the business cards and make the contacts not necessarily just have a, a blanket list that i fear some sales people would just sort of drop into some sort of mailing list or crm system absolutely and so is that something then that you did before and stopped doing or is it something that you've never done as part of networking groups yeah I've, I've always sort of been fairly data aware a bit more data aware thanks to, to you guys being involved um, and looking at certain things for us but um, yeah I've never actually publicly sort of displayed people's details the, the only thing we've done before is when we've had a big charity breakfast because we breakfast ordered in advance we put people's names alongside their menu choice to remind right. them what they've chosen so they don't nick somebody else's bacon roll when they really ordered a sausage roll or whatever it was they ordered yeah. and, that, and that makes me a bit sensitive because obviously you're sharing people's dietary requirements at times as well so I get a bit nervous about that one but I think people accept the reason why it's shared. No absolutely I think it's really interesting because I think like you say there's a real focus often on that list and there are networking groups that have sort of kept up with distributing the list to people who attend often I think we'll find it's ones that are maybe the weekly ones rather than less frequent ones but I think there's still good etiquette around what you need to do with that information recognizing that it is personal data so it does always entertain me when I get a new newsletter that I didn't ask for after <laughs> attending a, music, a networking event because you kind of think do you not listen to what I do or even look at what the company does probably not going to be the most receptive to receiving a newsletter <laughs> out of the blue that I haven't signed up yeah, for not so wise <laughs> but it, it does still happen and I think one of the things that we will always say to our customers is that you know if you do get that type of list then you need to be aware that the organiser might not have asked people whether they have to be on it. Some do and some will be very clear about that. That's helpful. And yes, whilst people do go to networking to make those new connections, I think, you know, you might miss out on that key one in the room. So if you do and you want to make that approach, it's about knowing actually 
we've got the justification there's somebody that we could work with or build a collaboration with and being respectful of that through sort of more personalized emails approaches rather than a blanket mailing list yeah. or crm drop which i think you mentioned there is a, a, a massive risk yeah i think that's the, the nervousness as you implied a little bit earlier i think of now actually distributing the good old business card because i think you know traditionally we'd give out the business card and you'd get a phone call or maybe a personalised email and I think the people are on a mission to, to collect them. I have a phrase of people we avoid at our networking group is card spillers, those that come into the room and they cough their cards around the room and then they collect up as many cards as they can for their CRM list. And like you said earlier, you know that you're going to appear on their mailing sales promotion list, if you like, rather than use utilising that as a contact. And I encourage our members to get to know people in the room, find the people that they want to network with and then encourage them to organise those one-to-ones. And it's good to see that you know things like LinkedIn have developed to, to have the app now whereby you can scan QR codes and you can share that information so you know I try to use that as much as I can myself rather than giving my business card because it's probably a safer way of not getting onto someone's mailing list for sure and you know interestingly have you seen I know you've recently started going sort of back into the room with some of your network events are business cards still appearing on the tables or have they sort of died a little bit of a death with COVID and virtual is that kind of more <laughs> well, we're on a podcast so you can't see the number of boxes of business cards I've got alongside me. I've not given out a business card now for probably about three years. And actually, I'm not seeing business cards. I think in part, we've got out of the habit of carrying pandemic and being um, virtual networks to network. There was certainly less cards being passed around than I saw. But to be fair, there was a couple of active people that were going around the room and um, trying to exchange as many cards as they can. So I think it's a tool, isn't it? It's traditional to network and it's a tool that's still going to be there, but it's good to see some other options as well. Yeah, for sure. And again, it's that, you know, I remember when GDPR came in, people were really worried about business card and like whether or not did it class as personal information which it does but also whether they could all use them and exchange them and then you know use the information on them and again it was something we reassured people yes it's still a legitimate exchange it's very early business communication so again there's going to be that interest to talk to you if somebody's giving you their business card you know during a conversation then absolutely follow up on it but it's always being mindful of linking your sort of data practices in with your sales cycles and making sure that they align and that you're always giving people the opportunity to say actually no this isn't for me anymore and then being clear about what you then do with that data so certainly one for me is that I've always sort of like based my own decisions on rightly or wrongly and I'm sure you'll tell me is you know what's in the public domain you know and uh, one of the things that I've mentioned before is that we've got a member directory and uh, mm-hmm. the only thing that's on that member directory is the members have chosen to list that because they create their own listing the, uh, right, when yeah. they join and you know it's getting that balance right isn't it between what's the benefits of the members of having the web listing versus you know we know we've got some scrupulous other organisations around that use that as their prospect list because they know that they're networkers but we're conscious that the only thing that goes on our directories is things that are in the, the public domain it would be on their own websites etc or what the member has chosen themselves to share sure and i think that you know right giving people that choice of what they share so do they want to be on the directory what level of information do they want to give out is really important but also we find that similarly with some of the privacy policy right that businesses don't necessarily want to disclose all the different systems electronic systems they might be using or sharing data with because they're worried that the competitors of those systems might well use it as a, a bit of a google search find out who's using them and then approach those customers to the, the mailing sort of sales approach so there's always that balance i think to be struck between what you put out into the public domain an interesting point there in terms of what is in the public domain if you have got personal details that you're using as a lead generator and you're starting to put them into your systems from the public domain you do still have to have your own justification for that and if you're making those approaches and then you have to tell people that you're processing their data so obviously for you that's absolutely fine in terms of your members because they've chosen to say yes we'll put our details out there and it's a good benefit for website seo and being found you know it enhances your presence but if you're a networker out there looking for new 
leave and the public domain is one of those leaves and then make sure you've got your, your justification sorted. So I can have a little tick in my back pocket for that one, can I? You can, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> now we all know that you love taking photographs, Mike. And, you know, Selfie here and there. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of photographs at networking events, have you, do you sort of still encourage those? I know, again, it was something people were quite nervous about when GDPR was introduced, that it would ruin their ability to share that. You know, quite powerful sometimes medium via social media because it gets attention. We all know that hosts that have photographs attached to them are likely to get more engagement than those that don't. So is that something, again, that made you sort of stop and think? Or I think we've had to be more mindful of um, who's in the room, particularly when we have visitors. I think when we've just got our members in the room, because we've got over 100 members now, so a lot of our events are you know member driven and they're aware that you know i like a picture i like to share stuff on social media etc and you know i do see some people that avoid that whether it's that they shouldn't be in the room or whether they uh, just don't like a photograph <laughs> but i've certainly been more mindful of myself of making sure that you know if anybody's ever made a comment to me about being in the photograph or have seen them feel uncomfortable in the photograph that you know, i make sure they're not in the background make it pretty clear that i'm just about to take a photograph rather than probably in the past i whipped the phone out of the back of the pocket and took a picture of the, the audience if you like to share on social media so i'm a bit more mindful and again that's due to just being a bit more aware of uh, data and probably conversations with you, Regina, really. <laughs> and is it something that you've seen as well with the, again, move to virtual, giving sort of people that choice of, you know, you can turn your cameras off if you don't want to be in the photos, that type of thing. Is that something, do you see many people take advantage of that or is it generally, do you feel people are quite happy to be involved? Yeah, I think generally speaking, when you are say you're going to do a photograph, I would say, yeah, I would say majority of time people leave their cameras on. But I must admit the m- number of people we've had in the room, if you take your camera off, you go to like screen two or screen three so all I'm really judging is who's left on the room so to be fair I could have had my 30 left on the screen and the other 30 uh, got all their cameras off so to say I've not measured it it would be honest I guess um, from that side of it but generally speaking there seems to be comfort that uh, the screen doesn't all shake around like a big jigsaw moving. And staying on the virtual side, how have you found it? Because obviously a lot of people will share information in the chat function. Have you found that to be sort of a positive benefit and feedback from members around data sharing that way? Yeah, I think it's been well received to do that. I'm a little bit mindful about how we use that. I think it can sometimes be disrespectful when people are throwing things into the chat box when other people are talking, particularly when they're introducing their business. You know, when you see someone who's done their introduction and then somebody else is doing their introduction 10 minutes later and somebody's, oh, I've now put my details in. I think that sometimes can be disrespectful but i do think it's a base we we sometimes have been asked for a copy of the chat so we're now trying mm-hmm. to encourage the members to download the chat themselves before they leave the meeting so they can get a copy of that rather than us being responsible for the distribution but also i guess anything that has been shared is only really being shared by the person they put in there you know they've chosen what yeah. details that they want to share and we will be mindful if someone's taking a bit of fun at somebody you know within the meeting you know on a friendly way or you know because obviously as a host you get the personal messages as well from that side and do you keep the transcript yourself or do you just get it once they're done they're done they get downloaded they get downloaded as part of zoom but then they get deleted 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 excellent we like that delete delete (laughs) they're not sitting in your rubbish bin (laughs) that's the one i'm pretty conscious of my rubbish bin and finally in terms of the recording of events obviously sometimes you know if you're putting something on that's particularly good or that you want members to to catch up on if you've got a particularly well recognized speaker are there times that you do record the event and then you know what sort of information do you make available to your your participants then yeah so the only bit we do if we do record 
record and we did record last Friday when we had a, a speaker on the agreement predominantly because we had a couple of people who specifically wanted to listen to his talk and we then share that up onto our YouTube channel but we only record at the moment that the speaker is introduced and when the speaker closes we stop recording and we pin it we pin the speaker so that the only thing that then gets recorded is the the speaker's presentation not we don't do like a capture of the whole zoom screen if you like cam from that side yeah the, the other thing i like about zoom now is that they've now come up with the notification that when it's on record you hit record it comes up warning everybody it's recording so that sort of backs up that we tell people that we're going to record it no and i think that's really important because i think there's some right at the beginning when everybody really quickly had to right at the beginning of the pandemic everybody quickly had to use those new communications tools and suddenly we were hearing about people being recorded without being aware of it and so yeah i think it's again that transparency element is really important when it comes to that the technology themselves i I think then as you say they recognize it along the way and they they add in those features if they've not been there right from the beginning so yeah. that's really good yeah. somebody to be conscious of i know somebody from a corporate that got taken down a disciplinary because the corporate had told them that they weren't allowed to use zoom in the early days because of the security worries but to get they wanted to carry on networking so they came into a networking group using zoom but through their personal account but they yeah. were then shown on a picture that was shared and their boss saw it so uh, yeah probably wow. advocates what you're talking about yeah and i think that's obviously then got an implication for that the organizer wouldn't necessarily have been aware of though yep. that's a really good uh anecdote to end on there i think mike real life experience of uh i tend to joke if you shouldn't be here room. if you shouldn't be here turn your picture off <laughs> yeah i do know well that's been a really good session and some really helpful tips for anyone who's out and about on the networking scene uh, to make sure they look after personal data very carefully thank you so much for joining us this week mike we really appreciate your time today um is there anything you've got coming up that you'd just like to give a shout out to our listeners that just in case they want to keep an eye out for it or join you on some of your events yeah, thanks, Regina. First of all, thank you for inviting me to join you. I love what you guys do and making sure that people understand the value of their data and take their data securely and seriously. In terms of OBCM, we've got a number of events coming up around Oxfordshire. We like to offer a choice of networking in Oxfordshire, whether that's virtually or in person. Probably the best place to go is to go to obcn.co.uk slash events, and that give you a list of all our in-person events coming up and also our virtual ones. Brilliant, and hopefully we'll see some of our listeners there. We'll also pop the link into the text that accompanies our podcast so if you've got any stories or topics you'd like us to discuss please do get in touch with us on coffee at ddxuk.com and join us next time for more coffee and chat about the world of data and data protection mm-hmm.